Grace, peace, and welcome to Podcast of the Wills, a podcast that treats Star Wars like a sacred text. I am your host, Nick Milkey, and we are here, hang- here hanging out on a Sunday night, ready to dig into some more of our canon studies. This is our six-part series about The Empire Strikes Back. It kind of goes back to the original version of this podcast, where, as I like to say, it's kind of like Bible study, but the Bible we're using is Star Wars, which we all love and has so much lore and wisdom and things for us to talk about. So we're going to get into that tonight um, with a really special guest. I'm excited to have him on. We'll talk more about that in just a couple of minutes. Um, I do want to bring up one important announcement. I'm going to try and get my screen share going on because I forgot to do that before I got started. Um, I mentioned this last week. I'm going to be talking about this for the next several weeks. Coming up on Sunday, November the 6th, I am honored to get to be a part of Potathon 2021. Last year, if any of you were watched or participated in Potathon. Um, it was a great fundraising event that was led by the members of the Beyond the Blast Doors podcasting network to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, Beyond the Blast Doors is not a network anymore, but a bunch of those members led by Pete from Around the Galaxy and Scotty from the Bombag cast have rounded up Potathon 2021, a second version of Potathon. And I am one of 12 shows that are going to be featured that day. We're going to start about nine o'clock that morning and go till about nine o'clock that night. Everybody's going to have 45 minutes to an hour to do their show, to do something a little bit special, a little bit different. And um, we're going to raise money for Make-A-Wish. I'm really excited about this. I also mentioned last week that my best friend here in Montgomery, his daughter is actually a -A Make-A-Wish child. And so this is very personal for them. It's personal for me because I love Violet. I love the Monsons. They're great, great, wonderful people. And so to know the impact that Make-A-Wish has on families really is special and i'm excited for them to for that charity to have this benefit of this podcast or potathon next um in november so real quick just running through we have tarkin's top shelf we have tatooine sons star wars explained the imperial senate podcast of course us podcast of the wills blue bantha milk co if you're here and you don't know blue bantha milk co they're doing some of the most fun stuff in star wars right now because they're using AI to write new Star Wars stories, and then they're doing live reads of them as live streams. And it's some of the funniest stuff that you can find that is Star Wars and weird and silly. Um, So I think they've got something special that is also AI-related for that day. We have Holocronicles. We have my friends Brian and Tom at the Pink Milk Podcast, Broaxium, Space Waffles, Beyond the Blast Doors Live, and, of course, Force Connect. So it's going to be a great day on Saturday, November 6th. I know a bunch of these shows, we've got a message group and everybody's talking about all the fun, special stuff that they're trying to do and put together. So it's going to be a great day. I hope that y'all will mark your calendars, that you'll tune in for some or all, how much of it you can get, you know, in your eyeballs that day and support Make-A-Wish. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I just wanted to throw that out there before we get started on the show tonight. Um, Again, a really great cause. I'm super honored to get to be a part of that group and just hang out and have fun and raise money for charity. So look forward to that in November. Um, But it is tonight. It is September the 26th. It is not November the 6th. So we're going to do some canon studying and I'm going to bring in a guest, my friend, Mari Sterling. Now, if you have watched the TV show um, Homeland, which was on Showtime, Mari played Max on Homeland for, I believe, all the seasons of Homeland. 
And he has been in things like Deadwood. He has been in the Smoke and Aces movies. He also has great Star Wars connections because he was the voice of male smuggler for the Star Wars, the Old Republic video games um, that were, I think, Bioware did those games. And so he was a part of that. So he has done so many things. And I have barely scratched the surface of um, all the different stuff he's done. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Mari was on with me before this version of Podcast of the Wheels existed. In fact, he was kind of the very first test case that I did to try and do a live stream when I was using a different platform. And he was kind enough to come on and hang out and talk about Star Wars. So I'm going to get him in here because we can talk more about Mari by letting Mari tell us about himself. So I am pleased to welcome my friend Mari Sterling. There he is. Hey, everybody. That, How are you? You, I'm great. You were making me feel good about myself. <laughs> those credits. You, you have every reason to feel good about yourself. <laughs> um, and again, so many things, so many credits that I love, movies and stuff that you've been in, shows that you've been in. I am going to make a little bit of a mea culpa up front. And it's going to be that when we talked the last time you were on the show, and I forgot to go back and look up, it may have been January of 2020. Um, somewhere in there, maybe right after. But um, when you were on, I admitted that I had not yet seen Homeland. Well, I am here to apologetically say I have still not seen Homeland. And it's not for any other reason other than most of the time, by the time I end my day and sit down to watch something, because I know I'm tired and I don't want to focus, I go back to old favorites that I've seen a million times because sure. I don't have to focus. Well, but what I have decided is that my homeland time, I think, is here and it's been spurred by a couple of things. One, getting a chance to talk to you again tonight, but also this year is the 20th anniversary of Band of Brothers. And I love Band of uh, Brothers, have seen it many times. And HBO a couple of weeks ago just started a 20 year anniversary look back. I think it's like a 10 episode podcast series. And so they're doing episodes and they're bringing in different people. Well, of the, the many actors that I admire, Damian Lewis is high up on that list. I sure. love him in Band of Brothers. I loved him in the show Life on NBC that didn't mm -hmm. last very long. Um, and of course, you were in Homeland with Damian Lewis. Mm -hmm. And so that all these things popping up on my radar reminds me it's time for me to watch Homeland. So I think I'm going to get some homework in. I'll report back accordingly. Yeah, I look forward to your review um, and we can discuss more after. But um, yeah, I look forward to your review. Excellent. But we're not friends anymore and I'm now leaving the show, just so you <laughs> That's know. right. We're done here. So done here. I'm glad you were able to come by for a minute. You, Good you job. Call, call Damien. He'll come. That's right. Yeah, see what he's doing. Maybe he wants to talk about Star Wars. Um, how are you, buddy? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, life is full and uh, lots to be grateful for. And I'm great. I know we've all been going through you know, amazing times in the last few years. And um, as you and I have talked about many times, it's it's been a real time of finding the silver linings and um, getting clear on some stuff. And that's always that's always good. Absolutely. Well, and I should point out in case anybody didn't get the chance to catch the first time you were on. Um, one of the great things about the small world that we live in is my connection to you is that your wife, Alexis, and my wife, Laura, went to high school together. And your father-in-law and I go to church together. And so like we have all these just, you know, little small world connections um, that I get to, you know, be friends with famous Hollywood dudes that, you know, get to act in cool stuff. Um, 
But when you were on before, we talked about Star Wars because that's kind of what we do here. That's our brand. And what I would love for you to do um, as a refresher, like I said, we've got some new folks that probably haven't had this heard this conversation before. Uh, tell us a little bit about your Star Wars origin story, where you first saw Star Wars, how it kind of came into your life and the impact it had. I, in some ways, I feel like a shamefully un, well, no, uh, let's just stick with the question. It keeps things easy. <laughs> uh, I was, uh, Star Wars came out in 77. Is that right? 77, 78. Yes. So I was mm -hmm. a kid and I right. vividly remember, uh, my, my parents were excited. There was this feeling of something happening that this, we were going to this event. Nobody knew what it was namely because nothing like it had ever happened before. So, so all there was was this kind of fervor that was growing about. Somehow people knew it was important because I remember meeting my dad after work. I believe it was on Geary Street in San Francisco. Okay. And it was this big deal of getting in line and we saw this thing. And so, I mean, my origin story was going to Star Wars when I was six and it, you know, it, the world changed. Absolutely. Um, I would not call myself an aficionado or a, a fan in the way maybe some people are. Sure. So I think I'm in sort of an origin purist um, being, but it was absolutely a part of my childhood. It was, I mean, the, the original Star Wars figures that it was, it blows me away that it's been this 40 plus year world and, and the way it's gotten to fracture now in its right. storytelling possibility, it's just astounding. So I just, <laughs> up with all that i'm just maybe just yeah no uh, that's all right so th that's where it all started um with a with a consistent love affair since um and um nick knows my latest collection I, it, one of the things that got me through to sort of through <laughs> covid was collecting the new bondi series he's got one there of that's the awesome. samurai meets star wars figures which is sort of again my childhood perfectly combined um so that's been fun to get back to. And then, yeah, getting to do a, a couple of video games, the, the Smuggler's Voice um, and a battle. I think it was a battlefront that didn't see the light of day. Um, and and that's right. This is this is the is this the French studio that the French that did the one where, yeah, it was my face with the body of this cool swagger of a French martial artist. <laughs> I, look, I looked so cool. And I got to play um, two Jedi twins, one who goes Sith and one who goes Jedi and uh, or Jedi DNA clones. That's it. They were clones with Jedi DNA and one goes Sith, one goes Jedi. All right. Um, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to pull the bus over for a second. If I can. Yeah. That story is kind of. I'm going to get you to tell that story or at least a version of that story, if you don't mind, because you and I were talking before we came on air and. There is Star Wars Visions, which just dropped on Disney Plus earlier like this last week. And it's the anime version of um, Star Wars. Seven different anime studios have come in and told different versions of different stories. And there is a Star Wars story that is told in one of these episodes called The Twins. And just these little tidbits of what you just said uh, rang some bells. And I know some of the folks that listen and watch this show maybe able to put those pieces together. So tell us if you don't mind that story about the battlefront, the lost battlefront game. Oh, I, I mean, that's, that's kind of the gist of it. I mean, it was, the, the story was, it was basically a Ponzi scheme that went awry. Um, and unfortunately one of the gaming companies who remain unnamed kept, kept the game. And so it's locked in a vault 
somewhere. Uh, but it was promised promise money that then couldn't couldn't come through. Um, and so unfortunately, it did not. But I mean, for me, yeah, I mean, it was getting I mean, you're kidding me, like getting to go both those avenues and play Jedi and Sith and have conversations with Vader. And, it, you know, it was Lando, it was it was Yeah. That's you know, wild. And it's so neat. Yeah, yeah, that that's the kind of fun that you want to have. Um, yeah. And okay, and so because of that, and this is going to kind of lead us in the direction of our conversation tonight with discipline and that kind of thing. One of the things we also talked about before, which also has so many roots in Star Wars, is martial arts. And you are a studier of martial arts. You mm -hmm. are, you know, somebody who has deep connection to martial arts. Talk a little bit about that and you know, kind of the pull and the appeal for you in that area? Um, I'd always wanted to do it. Uh, you know, uh, horses, martial arts. Um, and I I started in a form called Hapkido, which is a Korean form. Mm -hmm. I did that for a couple of years. I tore the crap out of my hamstring. So I had to take a break because my tendency is to push in my, uh, yeah, I push too hard and too fast and I tend to break um, and took some time to recover. And then Wanted to get back into it, and through a friend of mine, found my current Sifu, uh, who was, um, yeah, since we're there, who was wonderfully Yoda. Um, he, nice. uh, I called him up and I introduced myself and told him about my friend and the connection. He, we had this long hour and a half, just wonderful conversation about life, and I was entranced by him. Um, and at the end of the conversation, he said, all right, call me back in six months. And I called him back in six months, and we had another wonderful conversation. And at the end of that, he said, <laughs> call me back in six months. And I called him in six months and uh, I, you know, he was testing me to see if sure. I was true and actually interested because I think there is this, if you are going to impart this lifetime of wisdom that you have bled over to someone, you want to make sure they are going to be interested. Absolutely. Um, so that led me to study Wing Chun for about uh, for 20 plus years. Um, and through that, I've played with boxing and I've played with Jeet Kune Do and some Kali and Screamer stuff and other other different forms just to, 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 to play with stuff. But um, absolutely themes of discipline application. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, and, and I hear that, you know, our theme for the discussion tonight is discipline. And it starts out with you being tested in your discipline by this teacher by saying, all right, let's see, you know, do you really want it? And we have all had versions of that in our life, whether it's with a martial arts master, whether it's with our parents, whether it's with, you know, I mean, I'm raising four girls right now and I spend a better part of my time trying to devise similar schemes of like, let's see if you're really interested in this three months from now, six months, mm -hmm. you know, and, in kid years, that's an eternity, but sometimes you have to rely on the wisdom of I'm a parent and I really do know what I'm talking about. And my most recent example was the near constant push that my oldest two who are twins wanted, which was they wanted their own YouTube channel. And I had strong, strong reservations about one, them having a YouTube channel, they didn't waste any time throwing in my face. Will you have a YouTube channel? And I said, you're right. I do, but I'm going to go ahead and throw out that it's different. And dad said so card. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we went through the rounds of, well, show me what you think you're going to put on this YouTube channel and, do, you know, and this and that and the other thing. And we just never got to the point where um, I felt like it was something that I wanted them to do and kind of have rain over. And this summer, 
it turns out they went ahead and did it on their own <laughs> because wow. kids are like that. And so we kind of had a moment. Um, and, but it was also, you know, it's classic kids and parents and all that kind of stuff. But the discipline aspect of it, um, and I, as I'm telling the story, I'm just kind of following a path because when that happened at the beginning of this summer was on the second night of play rehearsals because the twins were in a play this summer and this was a very brand new thing for them. They took an acting class online last spring with the local playhouse here. And then at the beginning of the summer, we got a call and they said, Hey, they're doing a production of the giver at the playhouse. We would like the twins to be in it if they want to. So they spent, the entire summer, five nights a week for three hours a night, going to the playhouse and going to play rehearsal. And the first week they were like, I don't know if I want to do this. And I said, well, guess what? You committed to this one. So we're going to see this one through. If you don't want to do it when we're done, I won't make you do it again. But you've made a commitment. People are counting on you. And as they grew in that discipline, which I know, this is me preaching to the choir, but something like acting is very much a discipline. It comes with rehearsal. It comes with practice. It comes and all that. They loved it. And, you know, the short and long story of the long version of the story, short version of the story is by the time they got to, you know, the play, they were hooked. They want to do nothing but act in plays and acting and whatever. And so we're trying to find the ways to help foster that. But for me, as a parent, they were literally the first two people out on the stage when the play started and they hadn't been within my line of sight more than like three seconds. And I was a puddle because it was me seeing my kids find their thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's all that any parent wants is for your kid to find their thing. Like you found martial arts, like you found clearly a love of acting and performing and those kinds of things. Um, but it comes with discipline and it comes with those weeks where they had to, I don't really want to go, but we've got to go because it's time to go to play practice and all that kind of stuff. So that, that was me pulling it into my lane for a minute. But as we pivot back to Star Wars, we pivot back to the clip in Empire Strikes Back, our sacred text, as it were, for the night. Um, we start right at the end of the Battle of Hoth, which is one of my favorite movie scenes of all time. So you've got the walkers, you've got the snow speeders, you've got Luke, you know, kind of stepping into his big heroic roles. And we have the last part of the evacuation. Han's getting laid out on the Falcon. Um, the, the rebels are getting away. And then from there, we have a couple of kind of key set pieces that we go through. We have the chase with the Falcon through the asteroid field. Vader's in hot pursuit, trying to catch up with them. And then we have Luke heading off to meet or find Yoda on Dagobah. And those kind of create our big set pieces. I wanted to throw in one thing that I think comes in right before this clip. It actually is in our clip from last week is there's the part when the empire shows up at Hoth and they know that they're there and Vader said, he talks about now I can't remember which officer it was. Um, but anyhow, he came out of light speed too soon and Vader says he's as clumsy as he is stupid. And of course he's pissed but like it's the like discipline rings all through that, you know, Vader, you know, you have a role as an Imperial officer and as a ship commander and there's a plan to follow, but he got itchy. He got a little bit, you know, anxious or whatever it was. So that one stood out, not within this frame of text, but, um, but what it just kind of broad view looking at this section of the movie, what did you see, you know, discipline wise that stood out to you? 
it's such an interesting what were the three questions gave you there, there are three the, questions the first one was um what is the text telling us what is the text telling us which when i read i was like oh, i don't even know to begin with that and i have <laughs> i made all kinds of notes of the actual outstanding text, um it. of words and phrases that that mm -hmm. like you were saying are sort of you know within the star wars scripture but are also i think in this universal hero quest and how discipline falls into that so that the first i think discipline so i'll backtrack a little bit up some yeah. thoughts on discipline because i i used to think discipline was a dirty word okay um in the sense of i actually it felt oppressive to me which is ironic sure. because here i am trying to do all these things which really demand discipline i mean i think right. i've through the martial arts practice, I've learned so much. But but there's an interesting thing my teacher always says. He says, discipline without freedom is fascism, and freedom without discipline is chaos. Ooh. And I think what's interesting in that, in terms of the Star Wars stuff, is the light versus the dark. Because, right. yes, the generals and the admirals under Vader are, they're sort of in a world of discipline, but I don't know if it's like, it's not necessarily good discipline. It's It's rules, and it's this, and it's that. And it's also based a little bit on Vader's whim. I mean, yes, they're sort of good versus bad, but he's moody. Like he might be pissed right. at one second and then at another, which is not discipline. Well, and at this point in the movie, he's figured out who Luke Skywalker is. And so this is very personal. It, and so it's, it's not it's not just sticking to the plan. He's no. got his own agenda here. So you're exactly which, right. Which is how discipline affects emotion is kind of this dance. But that the so there are two places, though, that I also saw the discipline. And the first one I saw it, which shows up later in Luke's journey, which I think is mm -hmm. really interesting, is the discipline of friendship. Okay. Uh, Han, I can't remember the line. It's a great line. But when he finds out that Luke hasn't come back to the base and yes. they say you're going to freeze out there, he says, that's my friend and I'm going. Yep. And that gives me goosebumps because that's a form of discipline. Mm -hmm. It's the discipline of friendship, which is what drags Luke then to lando sky city is also the discipline of friendship it's yes, interesting it how that's in conflict with luke's jedi's training but i love how it kind of elevates both of those ideas mm -hmm. that that because they're both noble right they're both positive they're both in a way about uh they're, they're positive things and yet they also are in opposition which, right. I, which i found really cool to kind of watch I I agree. And one of the things that I think about along that same line, and I've thought about this before, I, I love that you use the word noble because that was the thing with the Jedi, especially like in their heyday, they were the noble knights of the Republic. They were the defenders of justice. They were all these things. But when we get, especially like in the prequel movies, the, the Jedi that we get in those prequel movies, their judgment is clouded. The dark side, like they're not functioning the way they're supposed to. They've become generals. They've become military leaders for like the clone army when it comes like they've gotten past, you know, and even for like when young Obi-Wan and when Obi-Wan's training Anakin, you know, you're not supposed to have, you know, um, attachment is forbidden. You're not supposed to be emotional. You're not supposed to fall in love. You're not supposed to do all these things. And so the core of who the Jedi is, is noble. And so, like you said, there's this juxtaposition of when Luke is training, he has those visions. And he wants to go rescue his friends. But Yoda, who for all of his 900 years is a product of that time when the Jedi were clouded and misguided, um, tells him, but maybe you're not supposed to. Like he's kind of trying to talk him out of it. And it 
seems counter to what the Jedi are supposed to be. And so it is this very like, well, are we or aren't we kind of deal? And I'm finding in my own journey with discipline that that is it's more sloppy than I thought it was going to be. What I love, sort of what what finally helped me through me hearing discipline as a dirty, a bad word or kind of um, it's not a bad word, but but a very regimented sense of dis- discipline. The idea of discipline has changed a bit for me of what it means, but, um, or, or it's, it's, it's uh, broader, but what helped me a lot is I believe the sort of, you know, the etymology of discipline is disciple. Uh-huh. So it's, it's something, it's not about the rules and regulations of what you do. It's not that I have discipline. I make my bed and I'm this and I do that, even though that's all really good, but it's the idea of, uh, the vision, the higher calling, right. you know, Obi-Wan comes to Luke and tells him as he's freezing out there on Hoth, there's a message. And that's, that's, I think, part of it, whatever that higher purpose is. And, and whether it's, it, it's a, it's a, it's an Obi-Wan or it's Han, just friendship, you know, y- your kids, you wanting your higher calling, maybe with your kids was teaching them about discipline their higher calling then became, oh, I really love this thing. So I, I feel like the vision, the message starts that. Unfortunately, though, the, the, as my Sifu also says, discipline is great. But if you get disciplined at a bad thing or a bad habit, you just get really good at that. And unfortunately, sometimes I think, you know, I mean, Vader is totally disciplined. Yes. Right. So it, it, it discipline and positivity don't always. Unfortunately, you can get really crappy people who are very disciplined. Right. So like nobility is not necessarily a <laughs> it, nobility to me is kind of after the fact. And I think what I really liked about watching this again was it is it's a little bit the sloppiness of of the path there's a there's a great book on musashi and tell me to stop talking or interrupt no no means this is why we're here the old the old samurai you know amazing samurai musashi and you know the tales of him as he would fight and he would just win and win and win but he he, he even had his own struggle and he just kind of blow it all to hell and go hang out in the woods for a while you know, he'd go to his Dagobah. He needed to go back and be with nature to constantly refine. So it's sort of this, you're, you're never quite perfect. And that's what I love about Luke saying, no, I got to go do this. Right. Which leads him to his next wound. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it leads absolutely him does. to his next conflict of who am I? Well, it leads I'm- him to a physical and an emotional wound. I mean, he, he takes... He takes the full brunt of it all. He takes the full um, brunt of it. And it brings him closer to his father in all possible ways. Literally like his father. Correct. Heading down. But that is all part of the hero's journey kind of thing to to make him then go back and have to train more and have it, you know, so. Yeah, it, it's there's so much there. And I love. Um, you know, obviously the easy route to take as we're talking about these clips and as we're talking about discipline, you know, our minds automatically go to training with Yoda because 
that's the very, you know, that's the movie montage of him running and flipping and jumping and balancing rocks while he's on his head and all these yep. different things. But what I love, and I thought about this kind of literally just now, you were talking about the story with your master and the six months and call me back and six months and call me back. And that test, Yoda does that to Luke. First of all, Yoda pretends not to be Yoda, you know, oh, you see Yoda, you know, and then when it dawns on him, I'm sure Luke's like, seriously, how did I miss that? Mm -hmm. But when they're in the hut and when Luke's getting progressively more frustrated and he hits his head on the ceiling and it's kind of all comes apart, that's Yoda doing the same thing. He's testing him, you know, too old, too old to begin the training, you know, the whole deal. That's that master's test. And it's the, you know, that's a very traditional, you know, discipline thing. Are you ready? Are you ready to go on this journey to do this thing that is going to be asked of you? Because it's not promised to be easy. In fact, the whole thing with discipline, as you said, I think part of that negative connotation, especially in the Western world, separated from martial arts and Eastern tradition and some of that kind of stuff is, you know, for us, discipline means the principal's office. That means mom and dad. That means, you know, you're in trouble. That kind of discipline. I'm going to be disciplined the verb, you know, version of it, as opposed to having discipline to be able to resist X or Y or Z, which that that's create is created within this too, because Luke gets disciplined. You know, he kind of gets some verbal smackdown when, you know, he can't get the X wing out of the water and Yoda tells him, you know, well, you've already failed or whatever, you know, there's those little moments of him getting that failure um, what else do you see in the training scenes? Because I have another oh. avenue of discipline after this that I think stands out, but where are we with training uh, for you? Or, I mean, it, well, you just covered it. Like the necessity of, um, physical, physical discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and my Sufu always says, you know, n- nothing good. There's nothing good comes without time and effort. Like that right. discipline is a key function of any kind of expansion uh growth real achievement you know and that's that's where i've sort of changed lately in in sort of Mm -hmm. COVID and having our son like it's really flipped my entire identity with the value of discipline and application and consistency and and ritual things like that right uh just side note um yeah i mean i wrote down um uh, I mean, a whole bunch of things here, but, but in terms of, in terms of that, the sort of the montage. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the necessary physical application, because just because physical discipline is a way of rechanging the mind in terms of what's possible, you know, um, Yoda tells him, you know, your problem is you, that's your problem. You don't believe, right. you know, um, and through physical stuff, I think you start to, your mind also just gets tired. And mm-hmm. as your mind gets tired and you can't rely on the mind as much, you, you'll, you'll click open to new possibilities of what you can and can't do, you know, which is military training, SEAL training, right. martial arts training. All of that mm-hmm. is about flipping your idea of what's possible. Well, um, and that's um, just because I kind of hit on it at the top of the show. And again, this is kind of thoughts that come to me as I'm listening to you speak. And that's how this show works. We just kind of roll with it. Um, fun the new HBO Band of Brothers podcast in the first early couple of episodes, they talk about bringing in Dale Dye, who is the Mm -hmm. world famous military. I think he was a captain or a colonel or whoever he was 
rank wise military officer who then kind of revolized revolutionized the movie industry with coming in to coach and teach realism for war movies and soldiers and teaching people how to be a soldier. And um, they tell some of the great stories. And of course, after 20 years of band of brothers being out, these stories are not necessarily brand new, but like the discipline of putting all the actors that were in easy company through three or four days of boot camp, like they went up and they straight up did it and they had to learn the discipline, but then they would also do the things where, you know, they brought in, um, you know, with Sobel with, um, oh, what's his name? Um, friends. <laughs> Ross. Um, I can't think uh, of his name. Uh, oh, dang. Yeah, um, exactly. David Schwimmer. David um, so when Schwimmer comes in and, you know, they're not supposed to like Sobel because Sobel's kind of an a-hole and it's the whole deal. And so like nobody speaks and they tell him, they're like, don't talk to Schwimmer. And they kind of build this, you know, faux, you know, Schwimmer's, you know, a high fancy, you know, he's better than you. He thinks he's better than you. He gets the big trailer. Like they build in some of these faux disciplinary things so that when they get to the screen, and I'm sure you even have experience with this, whether it's method acting or, you know, trying to stay in character and make it real, um, you know, that's discipline. Like they had to go in and learn the discipline of these soldiers, because again, the World War II generation for all the things we know, that was a whole different world. That was a whole different generation and style of discipline and the things that these people believed and were willing to do for this country is rife with discipline. Like it's just, you know, riddled with discipline on so many different levels. And so hearing you talk about that and talking about training and the things that are required, you mentioned Navy SEALs and we hear all the stories about what people have to go through to be a SEAL and the absolute sheer, utter physical breakdown. Um, I mean, that's pure discipline on levels that I can't begin to understand. And that's reflected in Buddhist monks or Mother Teresa, right. like all of these things of great effort, great manifestation, great conviction. I think in, in that's where the because the discipline isn't I think that's part of the thing, too, is like thinking of discipline as the end all be all instead of it's what facilitates greatness. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and and yeah, Michael Nip just said, I feel like for the Jedi meditation. Absolutely. All of that. Sure. You know, uh, in, in Japanese culture, focusing on the koan, you know, it, mm -hmm. it's not to figure out the koan, it's to make your brain explode. So you right. get out of your head, which is what Yoda is doing with Luke mm -hmm. um, in, you know, in, in, in all the things he, he says. Um, but again, I, there's another thing that popped just because I thought yeah. of it thing popped up where when when Yoda starts to reveal himself in the hut and and Obi's voice, Obi-Wan's voice comes in and he's saying to Yo, he's saying to Luke, you know, you're too adventurous. You 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 seek excitement, and that's not right. for the Jedi. And Obi-Wan says, I did too. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's an interesting piece there too that that's also maybe required, like the very thing that brings you to the teacher that the teacher tells you to get rid of is also a part of you. That's right. And, and that's what I think discipline is also about. It's about walking you forward with all of you, but just focusing it in the right way. So you've got a diff, really different way of then seeing things and subsequently being able to perform. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it, and that's what I think is so I mean, I think that's what, you know, in terms of union stuff and the hero's quest and Arthurian legend, you know, 
that I knew Lucas was drawing from, but, but absolutely, you know, it's in the Bible, it's in Buddhism, it's in any kind of sports, Mm -hmm. it's it's writing, creativity, law, all of them, you you know, you, you need to figure out what that is, figure what that is for you. Absolutely. Um, And I think that's so, you know, we talk about Luke being tested, you know, Yoda's doing the physical stuff. He's saying, Hey, put me in a backpack on your back and let's run through the forest and do flips. You know, that's the physical breaking down. That's the seals on the beach holding the log over their head. That's, you know, the different, because it is, and you're right, Luke. And that's such another great, you know, talking about star Wars visions coming out this week and these anime stories that hail from great anime and Japanese tradition. Like that was George Lucas's deal, not anime necessarily, but Kurosawa, like, George Lucas was so in the tank for Kurosawa that he gave him money to make movies as he started to make it big and make money because he wanted, he had believed in that vision. He believed in, you know, and it inspired him so much that he wanted to kind of pay that forward. And, you know, maybe that was his form of discipline or karma or whatever it was. But these Eastern traditions that Star Wars draws so heavily from are exactly these same things. Like you said, meditation, consciousness, being able to separate the physical from the mental. It's kind of the planes of existence thing. Like if my body hurts so bad that it, I stop thinking about my body, then I've gotten to a different place. And that's what, that's what Yoda was doing with Luke in a lot of different ways. It was here, stand on your hands, one hand, lift up the rocks, lift up me, lift up R2. Like, you know, you're because that's training that brain to simultaneously deal with all these things, but also shut it all out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for anybody mm-hmm. that meditates, for anybody who has done TM, for anybody who's done any kind of quiet and centering yourself, whether it's prayer, whether it's meditation, whether it's whatever it is, that's the key. Because I want to sit down on my back porch and be quiet and just be centered and focus. But if I get 45 seconds into it and then I hear the dog or I start looking at the tree that I need to trim or I, you know, like it it takes other stimuli to get us to that point where you can achieve the oneness. And that's what Luke was after with the force. Yeah. There was a church I used to go to for some stuff I was doing. And uh, there was a there was a handwritten sign on one of the doors and it said, shh meditation in progress and i always thought that was hilarious because it was sort of the opposite purpose of meditation <laughs> right it's it's if exactly. all of you were quiet i'd be fine uh yeah but the samurai have to stand in the middle of the field and be quiet mm-hmm. you know, you're in the that's middle right. of battle and you have mm-hmm. this and that's that's the purpose of discipline yeah it's the discipline. there's so much in it and like i said the yoda luke dagobah training series that's our scenes that's a very automated, you know, discipline vibe. Um, you know, of course we also have, we can't leave out, you know, the encounter with the vision of Vader in the dark cave tree, you know, there's discipline all over that too, because he's going at what's in there. Only what you take with you. That's huge. As a kid, that line stood out to me. And if it stands out to me when I see it, when I'm five years old, it has to be good because here I am now, you know, 40 years later going, holy shit, like that's really good. Uh Um, You know, what's in there? Only what you take with you. That's us in our life. What's, where are you? Whatever I have, it might be family. It might be family history. It may be anxiety, stress, whatever it is. That's our consciousness. What we take with us. What do we, what can we leave behind? What can we compartmentalize? 
Um, what did you get out of those scenes? What kind of, you know, obviously there's a lot of obvious stuff, but what did you see? I mean, it's the classic is, you know, you are your own worst enemy. Um, yeah. Ultimately, you know, all of this, the, the discipline is like what walks us to the ultimate battle, which is our own ego. Right. And, and that's what we have to face. And, and we, we think it's all these other things. Um, and we worship at all these other churches <laughs> in a way, you know, um, of the past of parents of things gone wrong of what, whatever wealth, glory, adventure, adrenaline. Um, and ultimately, you know, you're, 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 you're you get yourself right. As one of my mm -hmm. cowboy buddies tells me, you get yourself right and everything else is right. And that's what that, that cave is the first indication, I think, for him. In a way, he doesn't even know yet, right, of what it is yeah. other than, but that that is, it, you know, so for him, it's this horrifying nightmare of he doesn't even know the pieces and how they all fall together yet. Mm -hmm. um, other than Vader is, you know, ultimate darkness. Yeah, the big scary. Um, yeah. I, I, I do love the scene, too, where they're talking about sort of they're trying to different. I think Luke says, how do you know the difference between light and dark? Um, and Yoda, I believe I'm, I'm horribly let me see yeah. if I wrote it down, but you know, Yoda says, you'll know. And that's mm -hmm. the other key thing I think about real discipline is about discernment. Correct. Um, you're noble after the fact, maybe in the moment you don't know, but that the discipline is what frees us to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. And your teachers may not, they may not agree with you, but for Luke in the big picture, going to save Han and Leia and Chewie is maybe the right decision. You know, we don't know yeah. what the other movie would be if he'd stayed and perfected that. But, right. and again, a higher calling, I think is. Yeah. Well, and there's a line in that that has always stood out to me over the years, which is when Luke's, you know, kind of peak frustration, he's arguing with Yoda. He's had the vision of what's happening on Bespin. And he says, Yoda says, I forget what Yoda says. And Luke's response was, and let Han and Leia die. And Yoda's response is, if you honor what they fight for. Mm. And so he's making Luke make a choice. Mm -hmm. And 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 I love what you said before about Yoda and the Obi-Wan thing and Obi-Wan saying the same way I did. You know, I was the same way. That's the other thing that teachers and masters do. That's the thing that parents do. If I can bring it back to my real world application as a parent slash quote unquote master, like I'm telling my kids not to do lots of things that I'm my stupid self did growing up. Yeah. Whether it was lie or cheat on a test or, you know, what, like one, because I know and two, I'm on the other side of it. And so one of the things that I love so much is when we get to the last Jedi in the scenes where Luke is with Yoda, Yoda shows back up in the tree and the ancient texts and the whole thing. Like Yoda is that scamp that's like, I don't care. We're both adults now. We've both been through this. I'm going to burn that tree down and it doesn't matter because they're books and you didn't read them anyhow. Like there's that other side of Yoda coming from being a teacher to a student to we're both teachers now. We both know how this thing works. I had professors yeah. in college who were very classic, you know, the term we usually use is devil's advocate. Like I had teachers who I'm pretty sure they had personal religious faiths of their own that they didn't talk about. But when in my deep South pseudo liberal arts college, the discussions kept going back to churchy things. They were the ones that were going, well, maybe that's all crap. 
maybe that's all whatever not because they did they actually felt that way but because they were trying to push their students to think and ask questions for themselves and chart their own path not base their path on what somebody else told them yep which is huge and i think that's what i see in yoda is i see yoda saying you have to make a choice i'm going to push you the other way and see do you believe enough in it to go against what i've told you and ultimately that's what luke does and i don't think luke necessarily made the wrong choice i think luke made the choice luke needed to make mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i think yoda feels that way too you know and of course as he flies away and obi-wan's specter comes in and you know there's that moment of well was this the right thing of course he comes back and we get like you said the rest of the story in jedi um but what would it have been like if he didn't go if he had stayed there to complete his training that's one of those great what ifs that we don't have yep um so in the training stuff did you have anything else there that stood out that we didn't hit on um the one yeah my my notes here i I think one thing that is that is again what actual discipline serves technically um is is being present yes um is is like uh, what guy was saying you know why meditation is so important is is that patience uh deepest commitment serious mind i think yoda says mm-hmm. uh and then luke has his mind on the future so he's not where he he's not where he is and he's not In with present yep. doing and i do feel like whatever uh what i, I it, please argue with me if you have other instances <laughs> but it seems to me whether it's sports creates anything you're doing being in the present moment is one of the most it's certainly the case obviously in martial arts horsemanship acting all the things i'm drawn to but it's in my marriage it's with my Mm -hmm. kid if you want to be of ultimate solution which is i think just making good decisions in the moment which are not affected by a bunch of nonsense and will be decisions that will probably surprise me. Those are the magic moments, right? When you do something, you're like, whoa, and then you pop out of the moment. It's great. Like you, you have this moment of being completely present and feeling totally free. And then you go, oh, my God, that was amazing. And then you try and recreate it. And now you're completely out of the moment again. <laughs> uh, but th- that is a key piece of the training. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you completely. And I think it's, you know, that's another there's so many lines. There's so many of the Yoda, you know fortune cookie wisdom, you know, Mm -hmm. the things that he says, and that one's a big one, the presence of mind, you know, never focused on where you are, what you are doing. Like he goes through that little list of, you know, you need to be here. You need to be present. You Mm -hmm. need to be focused because if you're not, you're going to miss something. You're going to drop me, you know, all that kind of stuff. So presence is a big part of discipline and being in the here and now. And that's another thing that we face, in the real world adult life that we all have to live, which is, yeah, I have stuff that I have to deal with in October and November, but today's still September. Mm -hmm. And I'm very much a, I'm going to deal with today, today kind of guy. Now that doesn't mean I'm not thinking about the future, but I'm not going to let the future overwhelm me for the sake of my present, which is key because as a, as a parent who looks up daily and realizes, Holy crap, my two of my kids are 13. How did that happen? Like, you know, if I'm only focused on that future, I do miss the present. I do miss, you know, the joys and the things that are stolen from us in those moments of being too not focused on the present. What am I doing today? What's important today? Let's do that thing. 
and let's which, let tomorrow be tomorrow. Which, to your credit, I think it's it's it surprised me in life how much discipline that takes. It takes a lot of discipline. No really, like how much our minds are future tripping, having conversations. The one thing I've learned, there's very little I think I know, but there's one thing I do feel very confident, which I will be 100% incorrect in predicting the future. I've never gotten, <laughs> if I think about it, I've, I, maybe I've Absolutely. been close. Maybe I've been kind of in the ballpark, but I guarantee sure. you I won't get 100% right. No doubt. And that was a very <laughs> liberating thing to start paying attention. Oh, it's, the more you realize that, you're like, oh, this is good. Oh, and this is good. You know? and, and it covers that's one of those sins that covers all errors of everything because <laughs> you know a, as a star wars content creator i've spent a ridiculous amount of time on a microphone trying to predict oh this movie's going to be about this thing right. this thing's going to be about whatever it's all nonsense and i'm never right it's just fun to talk about or you know of course there's real world applications there's things i had a conversation with somebody just on friday um about casino gambling it's fun but i'm terrible at it like if i go in and i say i'm only going to spend and i don't do it a lot but the times i've gone i've said i'm only going to spend this amount of money that amount of money is gone like in the first five minutes and luckily i do have the discipline and the lack of money to be like okay well then i'm done and i don't keep digging myself a hole but i also have friends that i'll go with and like we went to the Indian casino in Cherokee, North Carolina years ago. And a buddy of mine played blackjack for an hour and 45 minutes on like $15. And he just kept going. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, that's not my deal. I'm not a gambler. I'm not good at it. I appreciate it. And I'm glad to hang out and drink drinks while somebody else goes on a hot streak. But that falls into that predicting thing. That's just not my game. Yeah. Well, I was, and you made me think about it. maybe that is one thing you can predict that if you keep coming back, you will lose because they, they, will, they, they the house win. always wins. They tell you, yeah, the house always wins. At some point, they're going to get you. Uh, right. It brings me back to uh, it's one of my favorite Star Wars lines. You know, when Yoda says, "So certain are you," and that's one of those you know mm -hmm. challenging that kind of yep. mind that is so determined about. And, you know, Luke does a fair amount of Lukey whining in this. Like, it's impossible. It's never yes. going to happen. I can't do a Luke. Yeah, uh, that's that's Luke's deal. But that's his that's that Lukey charm of, you know, kind of. Um, but I love that line because that, I think, is a key piece of this journey of starting to challenge one's own certainty about absolutely about what's possible no, i agree with that completely well i was going to bring up another area in this clip this part of the text that we watched um where i saw some discipline and it may not be quite as serious but i think it's still there um we have a big fun chase scene we have the falcon being pursued by the empire han's trying to get leia away um they don't really at this point i think either one of them know why they're being chased. All they know is the bad guys are chasing them. Um, and so what you get in that moment before Han flies into the asteroid and hides out inside the big Exegorth space worm, um, he flies into an asteroid field. And the thing that stood out to me is this is a, and Han Solo, Han Solo has always been my favorite star Wars character for a very simple reason. For the most part, he's a normal dude. And a lot of times things don't go his way, but it still works out like he and it's the same thing with Indiana Jones. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just going to shoot this guy. I'm going to chop the bridge in half and we'll see how it works out. In fact, they I love and I think it's in Force Awakens when 
he's having the argument with Chewie in the middle of like the big, you know, standoff. And so he says something about, you know, I never think that far ahead or I never plan that far ahead or whatever. Like that's Han Solo. Han Solo is all of us. He's flying by the seat of his pants. He's going to see, hope it works out because luck seems to be on his side. But there's also in that discipline, there's discipline to fly that ship into that asteroid field with the confidence that I can navigate this. Because as C-3PO tells us, the odds are 3,720 to one that you can get through this asteroid field. And Han Solo says, okay, I like those odds. And the discipline he has as a pilot, as a person who's confident in his particular skill set, that screamed discipline to me. That screamed a man who I may screw up a lot of times and have a bounty on my head and all these other things, but I can do this thing. And I think that's something else that resonates with all of us in life. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, it's just, yeah, it's interesting. Because we don't see Han's, I mean, there was the solo movie, but but we don't right. see his, we don't see his origin story in the sense of, you know, being such a great pilot and all that kind of stuff. So so in, in when I first watched, but I think, but I think along the lines, what I was saying about the friendship thing mm -hmm. is this, it, it's interesting. I, I think it's interesting because I think it's about, his discipline is about, I know this. And he right. there's a confidence that he has. Uh, maybe if that's what you're saying, or that's what it's making yeah. think about, which is, a, which is an interesting thing to think about, of the discipline. Well, of, and I think at this point, you know, it's even pivoted from the friendship thing, because to his knowledge, Luke is safe. You know, he rescued right. Luke, you know, on the ice planet. Luke headed off in the X-Wing to be the hero and do his thing. But we also have this pivot. And of course, we get the great, you know, Han and Leia, you know, first kiss scene while they're trying to fix the ship and all that stuff. And so it's pivoted from friendship possibly to romantic love. And that's another driver and another discipline. As married men, we both realize the discipline that comes with romantic love is a completely mm -hmm. different thing. And mm -hmm. his drive at that point, honestly, I mean, obviously he's had Chewie with him as his partner for all these years. But I think his drive was to protect Leia. Like that was his that was his charge to duty. Yeah. I can't get her out to you. I'll get her out on the Falcon. Yeah. So he's got a mission yeah. to get her back to her people because she's important. Which I think Nick is a really good point of again going back to sort of the the, the higher calling that then the discipline will fall into because because I think it's like, easy for a lot of us to not be disciplined about certain things. Sure. We're just not. And that may be because we're not really interested or because right. we have to face our demons about them. But what I hear in that is in a way, kind of, there's a talking bit we're talking about here with, with Han is loyalty, love and loyalty yeah. are what drive him. Yeah. You know, maybe. And, and, but it's all under the vase that I don't care. I'm this, that, yeah. ha, 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 you know, swagger, but he always shows up. Mm -hmm. He always Absolutely does. Millennium comes in at the end, and and he does, and that yeah, that's just so. I don't know. That, it's this whole thing is making me think about the relationship. How is is what's that higher calling? And knowing, mm -hmm. and they talk, and that's another thing that Luke and 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 Yoda we kind of touched on it before talk about is knowing the difference. You know, is is being able to, to differentiate between light and dark. You know, yeah. uh, and, and once you get in touch, once you once you do the discipline to get in touch with some higher energy frequency, the force in this case, then what do you do with it? And mm -hmm. and you, yeah. I mean, Darth Maul is disciplined. <laughs> that dude is 
holy crap. That's right. That guy's awesome. And he only and he only wants one thing. He wants to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. It is a single focused blind discipline. You know, and I yeah. he I, I love that character too, because he's just very pure. I Correct. mean, Vader is conflicted, Vader is moody, Vader is emotional, mm-hmm. like you were saying. Vader can get knocked off because he's not actually like Luke. I mean, they're great, they're both emotional. Right. You know, and Maul is just like, yeah, no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I love and and I know that your time is precious and I, you probably haven't caught all of these, but that story, you know, we get him in Phantom Menace. And when that movie came out in 99, when we got the trailer and we get this reveal of this awesome looking, scary red and black face dude with the double bladed lightsaber that we hadn't seen other than Knights of the Old Republic. Um, like all the expectations were just through the roof. Mm-hmm. And when that movie ended, everybody was like, that was all we got from that. Like we get, you know, three lines of dialogue, a cool sword fight and he gets cut in half. Right. But what they have done such a good job with before Disney, but even continuing through Disney. And I think Dave Filoni gets so much credit for this is they have gone back and they have mined that storyline in Clone Wars, yeah. Star Wars Rebels and this final season of Clone Wars that now came out a little over a year ago. In exactly what you said, which his entire through line is driven by the fact that Obi-Wan Kenobi cut him in half in the Phantom Menace. And all he wants is Kenobi. Like he has, there's a great, um, in Clone Wars season seven, the last series that they put out, you know, the last four episodes of it were very cinematic. So good. I can't recommend it enough, but he's manipulated all these things and he's on Mandalore and he's down in the sewers and Ahsoka shows up and Ahsoka's in there because she's on this kind of extra second mission after she left the Jedi order, which there's so much great discipline and lore stuff with Ahsoka Tano leaving the Jedi order because they treated her wrong. And she felt like it wasn't the place to like, there's so much there, but she shows up and Maul says, who are you? I was expecting someone else. Like his entire focus is he wants Kenobi. Right. And it's, beautiful in the single focused crazy madman discipline of it all. And I love that you brought that up because that is, I mean, he might be the most disciplined character in all of star Wars. If we really look at it because he has a single focus and he doesn't veer from it in the midst of dealing with Palpatine, dealing with the rebels characters, dealing with all these other things. Like he's tuned in, like there's nowhere he's going to go. Mm-hmm. except to get that vengeance with Kenobi, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, well, out of this, as we get ready to wrap this up, we've had a great conversation here for the last hour. What are some other notes you took? What are some other things that we didn't hit on where you either saw discipline or something stood out to you? Size matters not, I wrote. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, I think the relationship you needed the, 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 that how that there is a teacher. We always talk about mm-hmm. the student in terms of the discipline, right. but the, the teacher um, I love, you know, and sometimes the teacher, as much as you're trying to tell that Yoda does it for him, at some point there may be a place where you have to show what is possible just to further right. crack their mind open. Um, let's see. Yeah, in a way, I mean, for me, what came up is the is is just because it's personal of late. The struggle itself is also the answer. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. 
doing it perfectly the way we kind of we talk about the, the the teachers will give you the information and then they're still going to go have your thing and and right. and find out and the discipline will walk you through that you know necess necessity of discipline and facing fear it's another that's what mm -hmm. discipline does discipline walks keeps you moving unquestionably so you learn to disassociate from all the things that have stopped you before um, Absolutely. And that's where I think the sort of martial discipline is, is, is mm -hmm. that piece okay. of discipline is not sort of the spiritual calling, but the, the actual discipline of, I will just put one foot in front of the next dogged kind of tired, you know, militaristic, like this Absolutely. is what we're um, And that failure is a part of it. Yes. Well, and, and those two things, what you just said, we talk a lot about the student, but forgetting, not forgetting, but overlooking the master. That's huge. Failure as a master is part of it. And again, you and I are parents. I hope that I raise my kids to be good people, but they're going to fail somewhere along the way. And I'm not going to be able to stop it. And so I have to be able to deal with that one, helping them, guiding them in their failure, but internalizing how have I failed them? Where did I go wrong? What is the thing I didn't do? Which brings me to, I talk a lot about The Last Jedi because honestly, I think The Last Jedi is one of the best Star Wars movies. Um, it may replace Return of the Jedi next to the two original ones on any given day because the storytelling, the meta narrative in that movie about the failures of the Jedi, like, I'm so here for that. But there's the great scene and I use it all the time. Um, when Luke is sitting there and ghost yoda shows back up and he you know they pick up right where they left off like yoda's giggling and laughing he's like oh skywalker i've missed you and you know, the whole thing giving him kind of giving him the business but they have that serious moment because luke is already feeling the sting of ray leaving and he didn't mm -hmm. succeed in training her and he failed with his academy and all that other stuff but what yoda says to him is they are we are what they grow beyond that mm -hmm. is the true burden of a master mm -hmm. And that hits me in my parental feels every time I hear it because I want my kids to grow beyond me. I want my kids to be better than me. I want my kids to impact the world more than I do. And that's a burden because one, that means I have to let them go. Mm -hmm. And that means that I may fail them somewhere along the way and not equip them as they need to be equipped. And that's huge. And that's all discipline. You know, the discipline it takes just to let them go to school every day and not keep them in a protective bubble in this house and not ever let them be near anything quote unquote bad. Like that's huge. Like the discipline part of that. And that's the master part. And that's, you know, that's what stands yeah. out for me when you're talking about not forgetting the master, like we as parents or a master, there's a burden there too, that also requires discipline. It's the hot stove thing that we hear about. I know the stove's hot. I could keep my kid from touching it, but are they going to learn or are they going to, you know, and that's kind of an extreme pseudo primitive version, but we uh -huh. get it. Like sometimes we have to discipline ourselves to let our kids fail. You know, I have to let them turn in a crappy project at school so that they can get a bad grade and realize, Oh, I didn't do enough instead of me staying up late the night before and fixing it for them. And it looking like their parent did it, uh -huh. you know, whatever that thing is, there's so much of the master, discipline that i think you're right sometimes we overlook in the journey of the student who is to be the new hero that's yeah. a big one that's well, a really no big it's one. a big one and it doesn't it doesn't 
you know, it doesn't stop. One of my favorite life adages is, you know, keep one hand behind you pulling up this guy and keep one hand in front of you learning from that one. You know, Absolutely. just become a link in the chain in the sense of my CFO said it early on. He said, I don't, it blew me away. He said, I don't want students. I want competition. Mm -hmm. He Absolutely. wants me to beat him. Yep. He wants me to beat him because that means I've taken what he's given me and I've sweat over it as much as he has. And plus a little bit more, because if I come, the, what I love about really good martial artists is if, if they lose, they're like, how'd you do that? Yeah. How'd you me. do that? Let's go. It was amazing. How'd yep. you do that? Teach me. They're yeah. greedy for that that's kind cool. of, you know, but you have. Because so, that's pure. It's, it's, it's pure. a desire to succeed. Yeah. And that's um, and the piece in this is the humility is, is, is the Absolutely. Necessary. Well, and it, it rings true for me in my life in you know, before my current work now and before I worked in nonprofits, I worked for almost 20 years with teenagers in churches, in youth groups as a youth group leader. And there wasn't a week that went by that either a parent or a child would say, what is, they wanted the X and Y, black and white. What is the, this about this thing? How am I supposed to feel about this? What is the answer to this thing? And from the beginning, and I get this from my liberal arts college education, and I get it from the people that I admire who played devil's advocate and made me work to think for myself. I told him, I said, I'm not here to tell you the answer. I'm here to give you the tools to ask the questions so that you can find the answer yourself. Yeah. Because what's true for me is not true for Maury Sterling. Yeah. And what's true for Maury Sterling is not true for Alexis or Laura or whoever it is. Like, we all achieve, we all encounter our spiritual being differently. We all encounter yeah. truth in different ways. So the best thing we can do is be equipped to read the room, ask the questions, be present, focus, and go forward from there. Because if I wanted you just to tell me the answer, I haven't learned anything. Yeah. There's nothing there except, oh, well, this is what Mari told me. And then when it turns out it's wrong, my feet have been kicked out from under me and I don't have a foundation. It's the sand and the rocks, you know, it's that whole deal. And so that's the other part of the master is Yoda did it. Yoda was making him choose, ask the mm -hmm. questions, decide for yourself. And then once you decide, you've got to own it. And that's the other big part of it as, you know, especially on the student part of it. But I think as we talk about being masters and parents and kids, I'm going to let my kid make a decision. I'm not going to let them get hurt, but for the most part, they're going to have to own that decision. And then we get to have the conversation. Well, what did you learn from that? Mm -hmm. What could we do differently next time? What could we, you know, whatever. And so it's all, you know, Star Wars is rife with it. And we've mostly just talked about Empire. These things are throughout all nine or 11 of these movies. You know, um, I was thinking about Rogue One the other day. I love Rogue One so much. And that's a military heist movie. And there's mm -hmm. nothing but discipline in there making choices, sticking to the plan, doing the thing you're supposed to, sometimes alternating from that plan. Cassian's supposed to assassinate what's-his-name at the top of that hill, and at the last minute, he doesn't do it because his gut takes over. You know, there's so much in Star Wars in this topic of discipline, and we could go on for hours, but I'm not going to do that to you tonight. Um, as we wrap up, where can people find you? What are you working on? Do you have anything fun coming up? Is there I just shot a couple episodes of a TV show called The Rookie, and the uh, I think I believe it airs tonight. And I'm in episode, not my episode, but I'm in episode six and seven. So about six, seven weeks from now, those will pop out. Uh, um, and I've been focusing more on um, 
doing some producing stuff. So Ali and I have actually been working hard on, on, uh, on, uh, putting together a slate of, uh, a couple independent films, a couple TV series and, um, a documentary. Uh, there's a cool film, uh, called wild animal that will, will, mm -hmm. uh, should go into production in early April. We're in, we're in the okay. rounds of the, the crazy world of trying to fund film, which is a whole new thing, but we're, <laughs> we're, that one's going to happen. And, and wild animal, uh, I think it's wild animal film. You can follow on Instagram and Twitter. That one's going to be really good. So I'm more in focusing on the development side of stuff, which is, which is exciting and, and cool. And then, and not without its own versions of discipline as well. I'm oh sure. my God. Even, even <laughs> more so patience, humility, failure, and, and a kind of dogged, just staying with it, you know, let, let, let the nose be point you to your yeses and all kinds of things like that. So that's and, fantastic. Yeah, it's a whole new world. So, which is cool though. I love it. No doubt. Well, I threw your Twitter handle up on the screen. If anybody nice. wants to follow you on Twitter, um, you know, as you get some of those new things out there, pump them out there. Cause I know our fans would love to follow you and we'll do keep up with that. Um, I can't thank you enough for hanging out tonight. I love getting to that's talk just, to you. We talk on occasion. I text you and blow you up about different things. Yeah. Um, but I love digging into this kind of stuff and I love the wisdom, especially that you bring from the martial arts arena, those years of discipline, that kind of stuff. I think it's just really, it's important in real life and in this silly star Wars thing that I play around in. Um, it's totally cool. So thank you for hanging out. I know our listeners appreciate it to all of you that were with us in the live chat tonight. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your comments. We saw those. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast version, which comes out every Monday, thanks for here. Thanks for listening. If you want to follow us on YouTube, you can go to youtube.com slash podcast of the wills. We are on most of all the other social media things at wills pod. We try to pump out, you know, who's coming on next week, fun stuff, silly things, stupid internet things. Cause that's what the internet is mostly just stupid things. Um, and also keep a lookout for Potathon. We want y'all to be a part of that coming up in November. Um, and we will be back again next week with chapter four of discipline, not discipline, chapter four of Canon studies. Um, and so until we are together again next week, may the force be with you always. Thank you.